Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, response has been great. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, and you can get the show on your Stitcher app as well, and also on pulphockey.com. The best men's underwear around, uh, two under, the number two, UNDR. Use the code FERRARO20 when you're checking out to save yourself money. Thanks to those guys for the support of the show, and thanks to all you guys again for listening. We appreciate it. With me on the line, uh, former Winnipeg Jet, Minnesota North Star, uh, Sherbrooke Canadian, uh, Hartford Whaler, New England Whaler, WHA even, Jordy Douglas. What's up, Jordy? Thanks for doing this. Steve, how are you? Thanks, uh, thanks for giving me a call. No, no worries. Uh, yeah. What's going on? Well, I'm, in, I'm sitting in balmy Winnipeg and have been <laughs> since I retired. Yeah. No complaints from me. Yeah, thanks to Ray Newfeld for putting us together, by the way, too. Ray's, Ray's a good guy. So He's, uh, he's my brother from another mother. <laughs> we go back. Yeah. We, we played junior together. We played, uh, believe it or not, uh, in the old Western Canadian Hockey League with the Flin Flon Bombers back in the mid-'70s. So. Yeah. Ray um, and I have been connected at many levels of hockey yeah. for many years. And then you met again in, in, in Hartford and, uh, and then again. Yeah. In, and then, oh, I think he was traded that year in Winnipeg. Maybe well, played... I'd left by then, but yeah. yeah, no. And then Ray and Don and family have been in Winnipeg uh, since. Right. And, uh, and the ironic thing is my wife and, and Ray's wife are great friends. They actually went to school together in Flint. Oh, jeez. So, check that yeah. out. All right. Yeah, um, check that out. Right. Ray, eh? Um. Well, yeah, it's good to see. Good to talk to you. You're in Winnipeg. Um, first of all, let's talk a little bit about the Jets and their comeback. I left in '96. The team left in '96. I imagine were you settled there by then? Well, you know, Back I was kind Winnipeg? of blessed. I also did some color commentary, so I I did. I worked with the local broadcast here. So CJOB did. Uh, yeah. Uh, did the broadcast? I worked with uh, Kurt Keelback, Kelly Moore. Don Whitman, I did color for the the last five years of the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, I didn't know that, Jordy. Yeah, my my research, I failed my research. Yeah, what, that, what that's a, okay. What and, of, um, and then I did the first five years that the Moose were here. Yeah, uh, but I only did lo- I didn't do any road games. I traveled a bit with the Jets at yep. the end, but uh, Moose I just did local uh, home games, and uh, and I haven't done it since. But um, yep. th- then of course they were here for the fifteen years, the Moose before the Jets came yeah. back. So I, you know, and, and I'm very involved with the alumni here and, and the NHL alumni. So. Uh, pretty well versed on uh, the emotion and the, the hangover that was finally oh. uh, allevi- alleviated when the Jets came back. For what is Saad doing these days, Kurt Keelback? What is he doing? Well, retired, lives in Winnipeg. Oh, um, okay. Right. Yeah, no, I see him often in the summers. I'll run into most of the guys at golf events. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not so much in the winter. Guys, right. you know, take off and head sure. south where you are and places like that. But no, he's retired. Uh, him and his, they, he, he had a place up in York, and that's his hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, just uh, uh, sold his property at a summer cottage up there, and, and uh, basically golfs and hangs around Winnipeg now. Oh wow! Okay, so I left in '96. The Jets left in '96. Did you ever think the Winnipeg Jets would come back NHL team? I gotta admit. I knew Phoenix was having trouble, and I knew the Moose was successful. I knew the new arena was there. But, you know, the arena was small. That's what we always heard. It wasn't ready for an NHL team. Um, It seemed like the NHL wanted to do anything but move a team back to Winnipeg. 
and it's yeah. been nothing but a success. But did you ever think they'd come back? Um, you know, I, I the forever optimist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in me, you know, let's be truthful. When the team left here, it was, you know, there were there were really a couple of mitigating issues. One was, the, unfortunately, the the salary cap issue. There was no salary cap at the time, and salaries were getting a little bit mm-hmm. confusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Canadian dollar was a huge issue. Um, at that time, the dollar was probably what it's like today, you know, in the 70 cent range, and that was a huge issue, and so on and so forth. So the Jets had their, you know, they had their own, and they didn't own the building. The mm-hmm. other thing is they had no other revenue. They paid rent to be in that building. And any and every franchise today, and I could be corrected, they own the facility, or at least they have a really wonderful working relationship for the most part, mm-hmm. and, they, and they have all kinds of sources of revenue other than game night, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Mark Chipman and his family and uh, David Thompson, who, who ended up bringing the team from Atlanta, they've been putting this to work for a number of years. Mark brought the team, when the Jets left, Mark Chipman brought the team, bought the, the American Hockey League franchise out of Minneapolis. They were the Minnesota Wild, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Moose, and they brought them up here because the Wild were going into, back into Minnesota, right. into Minneapolis. And, um, and he started with this venture. I mean, it, it was a bit of a... It was a bit of a, I don't know, a little chaotic at the beginning because mm-hmm. I truly say there was a hangover here and lasted sure. two years. That yeah. There was an NHL hangover, and but the believe it or not, the Moose are back in Winnipeg this year. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and there I went. My wife and I went to the game on Saturday, and it's you know the lower bowl uh, of the arena, about eight to nine thousand, is you know seven eight thousand full. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're drawn better than Florida Panthers for Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Um, they do a great marketing job, right. and they cater to kids, and it's economical. You know, it's it's reasonable. But you made an interesting comment about the building, Stephen. The Steve, the building downtown, Steve. You know, is 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 in the footprint of the old Eaton's building. Yeah. And and that's really just a city block. Now that seems large, but when you're trying to put in a, a an arena uh, north of fifteen thousand seats, it's not a big space. But when the Jets, Mark Chipman and David Thompson built this, they they put in there a fifteen thousand and one or fifteen thousand and four seat stadium ring mm-hmm. um, with boxes and two levels, the lower bowl and upper bowl, and they did it based on the fact that they own the building. So every dollar of revenue they sure. generate helps complement any everything else that goes on in there. So for an example. You know, when they bring in a, a concert, that revenue stream that's generated goes to the bottom line of the facility, the team, and everything in, in, in conjunction with that. So it's become a became an economic engine for them. Mm-hmm. The way they the way they learn to manage that building. So when when the rumor was that they were actually in the hunt for an NHL team, and you're right, it was Phoenix yeah. ad nauseum, and nobody was really keen on that because, of course, that was who left here originally. Uh, they didn't. There was some mixed feelings on them coming back. Mm-hmm. Nobody was surprised that Mark could pull this off because they had created such a environment, ec- economically strong environment at the MTS Center here. And and of course, when it happened, I, I, I ironically have a little bit of humor in here because I remember Gary Bettman making the announcement. Basically, I'll say shaking his finger at the Winnipeg fans, saying, "You better, you make sure you have season tickets, or yeah. you might not get this franchise." And if you if you know this, and you're from here, you know this. Um, the waiting list is a friggin' mile long, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and and it's sold out in no time, and they've been sold out ever since. Yeah. So it's been a powerful 
difference from, you know, the old NHL, what we call, well, see, there's three versions here. There's the Winnipeg Jets WHA. Right. Winnipeg, first version of the NHL Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. This is this is really, this isn't, people say it's 2.0. It's actually 3.0. 3.0, yeah, good point. 3.0, You're right. Yep. Right? Yep. And they're, they're all different, and they all survived. The WHA did their thing and did very, very well, had great success. And mm-hmm. then the Jets and now these guys, and they've really, they've mastered the business side of, of the hockey, for sure, in the city. Yeah, if you were calling games and working with Kurt Keelback and CGOB on all that when they left, it was toxic. Like, the arena people and Barry Shankaro, nobody liked Barry. The arena yeah. people were holding him up. Or he was saying, hey, I can't afford it. Like, it was. It the, was the, ugly. the Winnipeg Sun, I remember, had some really inflammatory headlines. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. um, it, was oh, a, yeah. it was an ugly deal when they left. Well, you know, and it really, you know what, Steve, you're right. And it was ugly for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a game, and, and there's an economic element to it, absolutely. But, you know, the city got involved because if you, if you knew the... If you yeah, they the were bailing land, them out, right? They were bailing them out for something, for losses or something. Yeah. yeah, the province was involved, but they had they used to have the old Winnipeg Enterprises here. Yeah. They ran the, the rink and the stadium. They were side by each. Right. The ironic thing was, uh, I, my belief is that the Jets actually, the facility, because they own the facility, rented it to the Jets. They made money. They used to walk the money across the street to, the, to <laughs> prop up the Bombers, which mm-hmm. are a community-owned team. Right, so right. That wasn't, that wasn't going back into the rink. And, but, but they had to have this kind of, uh, uh, this was an ugly relationship family-wise, because they're, they're all trying to do the same thing, but they don't get along, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. You know, and then the other side to this, at the end of the day, Steve, this was a business decision. Yeah. You know, people are yep. mad at, at Shankro, and, and I get that. There's a, I don't even know all the skeletons that are there. Mm-hmm. But here's a guy who sold it for what? Was it 50, what? 60, 70 million? Yeah, whatever it was. He made off pretty well. Yep. Come on. He yep. barely put any in, is what I've heard. But, <laughs> but the reality is, that's business. Yeah. Yeah. I got no problem with that. Yeah. You know, I don't like it. Uh, but but when Mark Chipman got involved, nobody really knew the family. Now his his dad was instrumental. Now his dad since passed away, but his dad was in, instrumental. Huge hockey man. I understand he actually was. See, the Jets went through a, <laughs> a kind of a, 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 a drive here at one time, Steve. You may remember it. Kids were throwing pennies yeah. in the bin. Yeah, there was remember? Portage and Maine, and they were they were, they were <laughs> yeah, down okay. there throwing money. I do remember okay. that. And, and they were trying to make it survive, and they got a couple of years out of it. But but Mark Mark's dad was was front and center in mm-hmm. that whole, you know, as one of many who were trying to keep the team here. And so Mark was well versed. But when he ended up again building the rink and striking the deals he did, and the old rink, as you know, is not there anymore. It's it's long gone. Mm-hmm. They imploded it. Um, you know, they have exclusivity, and they and and it's and it's a business. They it is purely a bottom line business they do a good job a very good job with it and if you think about you know if you yeah i almost want to say to mark chipman write a book on how to start a franchise <laughs> yeah. because, also too like it, no leaks yeah. no nothing you know just quiet just yep. right he, he almost you know steve i i you know uh, uh basili who used to own uh blackberry right yep Remember, he was front and center. He, I'm going to own a franchise. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to buy a yeah. team. I'm going to move it to Southern Ontario. He was front and center with the NHL, and he threatened at one time to buy a franchise and move it to uh, a Brampton or something in that area. Yeah. The NHL pushed back, 
but always, always, always in the background, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, in the weeds was Mark Chipman and crew. You never heard anything derogatorily. Mm-hmm. They they almost were slid into conversations that you know Winnipeg's pretty prepared for a franchise. I give Mark a lot of credit. You know he did not ever get himself out no. kind of out there like a bacilli, so to speak. And and at the end of the day, he ended up you know scoring the franchise in a you know pretty right. good deal to get it up here. You know what? I had Drew from Illegal Curve on a few weeks ago, and you know what really pisses me off about this thing, though, and, and being just a fan of the sport or a fan of the, you know of, of old time hockey, I don't like the fact that like like the Jets' records are all f- Atlanta records. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like but, that. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because not funny. It's ironic. You know, Phoenix is. I'm going to use the word desperately trying to build nurture a relationship with fans. In yeah. Phoenix, right. Yeah. My opinion is, and we all have friends, and I have family there. They did very, very well when they when they were downtown because everybody could get right. the games. Then they moved out to Glendale, built a wonderful facility. Been there a few times. I'm sure you've been there. Yep. Great. You know, it's a great building. The whole area, but it's 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 out there. Yeah. And yeah. it's a and it's a big. My cousin lives in Mesa, and he literally says, "Jordy, we can't get to games during the week because <laughs> we can't get downtown. We can't get through downtown to get out there to make make uh, make make yeah. the tee off, right?" Yeah. Yep. But here's the ironic thing. <clears throat> to generate interest down there and to, to establish the history, just like you said, the Jets' hits history goes to Phoenix, they decide they're going to retire some numbers down there. Guys that never played, Tom yeah. Steen, Steen yeah. Dale, Dale Howarchuk, yeah. you know, Keith Kachuk, they, they have all these things. The fans there don't know these people. They don't know these guys. Good, great guys. It's Winnipeg. Now you come back, Atlanta brings up, or Jets come here from Atlanta, they bring up all their numbers, and they don't have any of that history that everybody in Manitoba mm-hmm. can relate to. Because you yeah. know from the old rink, you had the Bobby Hull jersey, the Thomas Steen jersey, the Dale Howard. They were all up in the, in yeah. the rink. Yeah. All the WHA banners, all the, even, even the Winnipeg Victorias that won at the turn of last century, the Stanley right. Cup. Right. Nothing. Yeah, I know. Are. Bring it, bring it back. Bring it back. Well, it's the Jets, you know but what? oh well, whatever. That's that's for the Jets to deal with. Yeah, I I, I understand it as a, a probably as a business. I don't understand it as a fan because yeah. this is a you know what Manitoba's like. That's our history, right? Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's get in the time machine a little bit and talk about your career, Jordy Douglas, on the Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. So. Drafted by my Toronto Maple Leafs, unfortunately. I'm a fan. Yeah, um, okay. That says a lot about you, Steve, uh, not a lot about me. <laughs> Fifth round, 81st overall in the 78 draft. You never play for them. You end up going to New England, um, WHA. I'm guessing like a lot of teams, or a lot of players, I should say, you just looked at the depth chart, and then you looked at the contract you were offered by uh, New England and said, I'm going to WHA. I mean, or how did that happen? Am I, am I right, or how far off? Uh... Steve, you're so far off, I'm, I'm going to set you on a path. Okay, please. <laughs> Here's what happened. Yeah. It, was, it was really, Toronto drafted me after I signed a three-year contract with New England. Oh, okay. All right. So the, in, in my era, you had to finish your junior career. There was no underage draft, no right. 18. You had to make 20. Yep. So I was a. Uh, I finished my junior career with Flin Flon Bombers. Through the course of that sh- that year, 116 I had, points in 71 games. By the way, your last year of junior, not too yeah, bad. No, I did junior. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's when I figured out I had a chance. I yeah, mean, yeah. Most of my friends, when I turned, I, I went to junior at 17. My friends are going, Jordy made it. Like, what, what the hell's that? You know. <laughs> but but hard work is never denied. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And, uh, but what ended up happening my last year? Actually, the my second last year. 
Cincinnati, actually, of the old WHA, was kicking around wanting some 18-year-olds. Okay, right. right. And they, they, were, you know, they were throwing around, and my representative at that time was Norm Kaplan. God bless him, passed away many, many years ago out of Montreal. And, you know, he was saying, what, is that of interest at 18? And, and you know what, Steve, I was not ready. And I said, so I said, no, you know, I, yeah. I, I can't do laundry. What are, what are you talking about, turn <laughs> pro, you know? Right, right. And so my last year junior, I really, you know, I really put it together. My coach, Mickey Keating, really counted on me, and, and, I, and, I, and I ran with it. And, 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 and so I, I, I pointed out, I had great points. Our team well, did well. Unfortunately, we lost in the Western Canadian round-robin final, mm-hmm. but um, playoff went great. And my, we, my opinion was always this. I wanted to play pro hockey because I knew there was two leagues, so I said pro right. hockey. And I always wanted, I was always taught, you want to have some bargaining. And the bargaining would be two teams. Sure. Now, normally it's two teams in two different leagues, NHL, WHA. But I, I was very fortunate. I had the Winnipeg Jets and the New England Whalers bidding on me in end of April, early May. Mm-hmm. So I, I met Bobby Hull. I, I grew up I grew up a block from the Winnipeg Arena. Oh, did you really? Okay. Yeah, I used yeah. to sneak in the arena to watch the oh the old junior oh. Jets play and yeah, then yeah. the WHA. I, I mean, that was a, that, that's where I played hooky at the rink. Right, right. So I had them negotiating or talking to me in New England. And um, I actually signed a three-year deal with New England Whalers for less money because I wanted to, I wanted to, play, with, I wanted to play with Gordie Howe, Dave Keon, Johnny oh, yeah. McKenzie, Brad Selwood, wow. Ricky Lee, John Garrett, Al Smith, all these guys that I really watched you know, on, mm-hmm. on hockey. Yeah. Right? I watched the Jets every day of my life. It wasn't the same. <laughs> I would have thought it, it would have. I, I would have thought it would have been a no-brainer. Go home, right? Yeah, yeah, but I see what you're saying. Sure. I didn't want to go home. Right. I, I I wanted to go. So so I signed a. This was great. In May of of, of my draft year, the mm-hmm. draft is in the middle of June, uh, middle of May, end of May. I signed a three-year contract with New England Whalers of the WHA, that was guaranteed even if if, if the league folded. So yeah. I'm going. This is and it's a one-way contract. I'm going. <laughs> You know, I yeah. got three years of money coming yeah. in, and the league could shut down yeah. tomorrow. Well, that's Howard Baldwin, right? Owned it? That was Howard Baldwin. Right, right. God, I love Howard Baldwin. Re- do, you read, do you read his book? He's got Absolutely. Oh, it was good. I, as soon as it, it was came great. out, I jumped yeah, on it. Yeah, it was great. His, his, uh, his son, Bubba, Howard Jr., uh, I've known. Bubba used to be our stick boy. <laughs> There's a lot of connections. Uh, Bobby Gorman, who's the equipment guy, and Skip Cunningham with current Carolina Hurricanes uh-huh. were, were there when I was in Hartford. So oh, I, I didn't mean, know that. Okay. They're still great friends of mine. I was just visiting them in November golfing. Down oh, wow. There. So, um, um, but anyway, yeah. I, 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 I signed the end of May, mm-hmm. and then the end uh, in June, the NHL has their draft, and yep. Toronto still takes me in the fifth round, knowing... Wow. Knowing you had a three-year deal. I had a three-year contract. Now, I play my first year pro with New England, yep. and I'm the only, really the only rookie on the team. So that was a tough year because most of the guys were 25, 26, 27, and older. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dave and Johnny McKenzie, Dave K and Don, Gordy Howe. Or in the case of Gordy Howe, he's much older. Forties, right. You know? Okay, but but what what an experience! Mm-hmm. What an experience! And uh, and I they sent me to Springfield a little bit to get in shape, like because they they couldn't get me ice time. Yeah, right? yeah. And it was it was hard. I sat on the end of the bench with Gordy Howe. We, he called us filler nine and filler eleven, <laughs> and we just kind of watched the game some nights, right? So, yeah. um, so it was wonderful. But now, when that season ended, when that ended, we lost Edmonton in the playoffs. Uh-huh. They ended up losing to Winnipeg for the Avco Cup. Right. Everybody knew. Yeah, I was, was going to say. So you knew you knew the league was folding. Yeah. yeah. You bet. 
not well. The word wasn't folding. Okay. It was being you know yep. swallowed up by the NHL. Right. right? And there was four teams going to go. This was we didn't know this yet, but literally when we left the end of the year, it was like go home. Everybody <laughs> move home yep. because you know we don't think this is going to happen. And mm-hmm. I so I moved everything back, and I spent the summer in Winnipeg, fully anticipating to go to uh, Toronto because they. Yeah. The NHL was entitled to bring back all their draft picks, and that was part of moving in. Yeah. Winnipeg Jets got raked over. They the did. Oh, they did. Remember that? Well, all yeah. te- everybody did, but Jets for sure, yeah. Jeez. Right. Well, then what happened, the, uh, each team, so now they, they merge, and now, mm-hmm. they, now the negotiation starts. The, each WHA team was allowed two skaters and two goalies they could protect. Yep. And then they, they also tried to make deals for guys. So what the NHL wanted was draft picks. Uh-huh. And Toronto took me back, and so I technically belonged to them yep. for all of maybe a day. Okay. And Hartford could, I guess, couldn't make a deal, um, and uh, they used a priority pick to bring me back to Hartford. And so Mark Howe and myself, they uh, they couldn't make a deal for Mark Howe either. Hartford used us as our the priority picks to go back, and that guaranteed me another three years. With the NHL team, or in the NHL, they okay. couldn't. They, so now they had to renegotiate and put me on a new, new NHL contract. A new deal, so I, right? So now I'm in. I end up spending that whole three years in Hartford, um, you know, as a priority pick back. Yeah, and and built built from there. Um, but as a kid, and you sound like a bit of a fan of the sport, you go on a team with Gordy Howe and Dave Keon. Like, mm-hmm. wow, what were those guys like? like? What was it like? Did they give you some time of the day, or like you said, Gordy was pretty Without cool? Without a doubt. Yeah. Without, you know what? Two things about Gordy's as much one of us as anybody. Uh-huh. And the first time I met him was when I signed my contract. They brought him in. They had a press conference in Hartford. They flew my mom and dad and I down, have this announcement. They're going to sign me to the contract. First teammate I meet is Gordy Howe. Honest to God. I walk in and. I'm signing my contract, and he walks in, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and I reach, you know, Mr. Howe, and he goes, no, we're teammates, I'm Gordy, you know, that's <laughs> right. how he was, that, I, yeah. he was the biggest kid of the bunch. Yeah, and, really, right? Yeah. And he was, and, like, you look at his points, he was still really good, he's still putting up points, it's crazy. You know what, I, Steve, without a word of a lie, he's, you know, they basically, I, you know, it's a bad word to use, but they kind of forced him to retire. He was still putting up numbers, and he could still play. <laughs> yeah. But he was 52 when yeah, he was 52. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so I played with him when he was 51, like 51, 52. Yep. But I, I was blessed my second year. Like, so this would have been the first year in the NHL. Yep. I spent a lot of time uh, with Dave Keon at center and, and Gordy on the right wing. I played left wing. That was, that was a line I was on. For, for most of that year. Yeah, if you look at your career, your first year in the NHL, 33 goals, um, yeah. and which you never really came close to again in the NHL level. And I was going to ask you, like, yeah, what, what right that year? Like you, So Keon and Gordy Howe went right. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, if you look up Dave Keon's stats, yeah. and a friend of mine had said this, I never noticed, the most assists he ever had in the NHL was a, that, that, that year that in the year? NHL with Gordy and I. You know, I mean, it just things fell together. Yeah. After that season, after 33 goals, I started getting hurt. Yeah, I, I, I started falling apart, and yeah, uh, yeah. I went from a, a separated shoulder, concussion separated shoulder, to a broken foot, to wrist surgery, Jeez. to major shoulder construction reconstruction where it was separated and dislocated. 
literally, uh, you know, literally. Like it was a, just a series of stops and starts absolutely. for you, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, Steve, I say this to everybody, prove me wrong, but when you start getting hurt in any professional sport, mm-hmm. but I can speak to hockey, you're never the same. Yeah. Your body just never responds the same way coming back. You yeah, it's the same hit. same in professional motorcycle racing, exactly yeah. the same. They're never the guys aren't the same. It, it, They're not the same. Yeah. You think you are, but you're not. And and, and and the other you know, I don't want to say this is a kiss of death, but one of the other things I could do was play pretty much any position up okay. So I became you know, when I left Minnesota, I left Hartford to Minnesota, I yeah. became an insurance policy because I could play center, I could you, play left wing, yeah. I could play right wing. And so the coaches, you know, the guys would say, they'd say, well, you know, so-and-so is going to have to play tonight because he can only play left wing. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, what do you mean he can only play left wing? Right. You're like, you're like, I can do everything. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Right? And um, so, that, you know, that ended up, I mean, I'm proud of the fact I, can play, I could play any forward position, yeah. mostly left wing, but I did spend time at center. And when I went to Europe, and played in Finland. I played right wing for two years. Oh, geez, it didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't, didn't really matter, right? <laughs> no, it's it's between the years. How you, you know? It's, it's yeah. when people say, "Well, I, I can't really get my body." Come on, I don't understand. I don't understand that, right? So I can picture a young Jordy Douglas sitting in between Keon and Howe, and they're saying, "Hey." Let's do that play. Remember what Richard used to do, and then Doug Harvey would come up, and yeah, yeah. let's do that. <laughs> you know, um, the one, the one, I, that technically never happened. But yeah, no. I, I, w- I will tell you what was, what it was a godsend playing with those guys, and and and, and that and that era versus today, and that is X's and O's were just that to uh-huh. play X's and O's. You yeah, got yeah. three in a row, you won the game. You played by feel. Uh-huh. You played by you played by what was happening. I always called it kind of read and react hockey. Now you had things you needed to do structure wise in your end of the ice and so on and so forth. But I played for Bill Deneen. You know, mm-hmm. he was my coach in the WHA. And Bill Deneen was, you know, the, one of the quietest guys. There, there was not a lot of strategy going on in mm-hmm. periods. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. <clears throat> You know, when you have a more mature team, the guys knew what needed to be done. You know, they they you know, and and so a lot of what went on was the responsibility of one guy's high. Third yep. guy's got to be high. Yep. It was pretty simple stuff, but you could have a lot of success with it because you didn't get convoluted with thirty-five second shifts. Yeah. So on and so forth. It it you watch some of those old videos, Steve. I remember, you know, I used to love watching Boston. That was my my team when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. They had they had three four minute period uh, shifts. <laughs> shifts, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and so I I was blessed. I got I was introduced to the game, at the pro game, at, at, with guys that weren't, you know, that not weren't. Mm-hmm. They, they let you play hockey. Yeah. Go play. What's your asset? You skate. I'll dump it in your corner. You go get it. And. So it was fun. It was really when fun. They talk about, you know, you played for, in WHA, you played for New England, but they talk about Winnipeg and, and uh, Nielsen and Hedberg and yep. Hull. Yep. And when you would come home, was it a different type of hockey? I mean, what, what was it like playing against those guys? Were, were they as groundbreaking as the Oilers, you know, in the in mid-'80s, early-'80s? Well, was it pretty amazing? Let me put it into context. And you, you may know this, you may not, but Glenn Sather is on record as saying, the teams he built in Edmonton that mm-hmm. won the Stanley Cup were built on the model the Winnipeg Jets had at the end of the WHA. Right. I've heard that, that yeah. That, that free-flowing, that move the puck, 
you know, not you know, not the farmer's field where you're up and down your wing. You're into you're into weaving with everybody. It's a flow game, very reminiscent of how the Russians played. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, you're, you're heading into spots. They were brilliant at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, the bet. whole team wasn't like that, you know, because, <laughs> right. you know, God love you. You'd, be, you'd, you'd never win a game if you played against them, but yeah. their best guys were that skill. Yeah, they were good, huh? You remember that? And, and so, you know, that, that's what, coming home for me was, I mean, I can remember the first game I ever played in, in, as a professional. You know, they, they shaved my head. My, my teammates <laughs> shaved my head. That was the big thing in those days. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I had a should eat and grin on my face because somebody cut my hair. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. But I, you know, I was blessed. I always, there was, there was certain rinks that I always played well in. Winnipeg, hometown. Yeah. Montreal, the old forum. Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, always played well there. Boston Gardens. So I was almost blessed that the rinks that I mm-hmm. grew up watching were the rinks that I, I did well in. Yeah. And it was just probably go, because go I was into, ready to do that. Going down those stairs, Chicago Stadium. <laughs> Unbelievable! Like you know, yeah. we, we, I laugh. People don't realize. Like you, you went behind the net. You went downstairs to the dressing room. On the Chicago side, it was all tiled and all nice. And <laughs> right, neat. On, right. on the visitor side, it was a, a wooden staircase with a nail stick in them <laughs> because they, they wanted you to nick your blades on the way up. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't sharpen your skate because you have to go back underneath to get it done, right? So. Yep. So it was quite the experience. You're in Hartford. Uh, like yeah. you said, you're getting injured. Uh, Francis comes on. You see, you see Ronnie Francis coming on. You can see what a player he is your last year there. Blaine yeah. Stoughton is there. And, and he's always like an underrated dude, like 56 goals one year, <laughs> you know? Stoughton, uh, I know Blaine from Flinflon. He's an old Flinflon bomber. I didn't know that, see? Yeah, yeah. He's, he, came, he went before me. Blaine Stash was a before-me Flinflon bomber guy. As a matter of fact, Little FYI, we had an outdoor game about uh, three, four years ago uh-huh. in Hartford. Okay, uh, we played the uh, by the, Howard Baldwin and his son Howard Jr. had bought the Connecticut. Well, they were the Hartford Wolfpack. They, yeah, they became the Hartford. Uh, the Rangers farm the team for a while. Whale. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, and anyway, they were doing this festival outside, and they they invited a bunch of the alumni back f- for a game before their Connecticut Whale played the Providence mm-hmm. Bruins, and. Uh, the line we had was the Flintstone line. I played center with Blaine Stoughton and Ray Newfield, <laughs> and that nice. was, that goes back to yeah. Flintstone. Not that we played together, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Stoughton was like a kind of a scorer guy that never gets talked about at all. He just, yeah. just one of those guys stuck on a bad team, right? Well, here's here's the thing with Stash. Um, he had hands like a surgeon, mm-hmm. right? Uh, very smart player. Uh, I call him a minimalist. <laughs> you know, he, he he did what he needed to do. Yeah, yeah. He, he played with two guys that could do a lot of work, a lot of help. Mike mm-hmm. Rogers and Patty Boutet. Right. Yep. You know, and they I think their nickname was a ban, uh, What was it? Stash, Crash, and Bash, or something like that. <laughs> something like that. But Blaine was, you know, Blaine was the delivery man. Right. Get him the puck, and he could he could find a hole in a net between you know in the net off the goalie like nobody I've seen. He could turn the puck sideways if it had to go. Jeez, yeah. So yeah. he was, a, but he was a minimalist. Minimalist, you know, right? You didn't get you didn't get a ton of work out of not a lot of back checking. Not a no, <laughs> no. But that, with all due respect, that was the era too. Sure, right? right? Yep. Yeah, the absolutely. Era was run and gun, run yep. and gun, and and he was he was as good as anybody. Putting that puck in the net, absolutely. A um, couple years, so yeah, three years there. You get traded to the Stars uh, early yep. in the year. Did you know that was coming? Did they tell you? Was it kind of a shock? Like how'd you? No, it, you know what? I knew. Okay, so I get traded uh, 
right during the right after training camp. So this is when the players, yep. when the teams have to set their protected list. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my lawyer uh, phones me and says, Jordy, you're going. You're going somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where you're going. Right. But they're going to pull a deal because they got to, you know, they got they can't protect you and this and that, and they want to make a deal. And it turns out they send me to Minnesota for Mark Johnson and uh, uh, what was the other winger's name? And again, a lot oh, of that uh, has to Ken, do with Kent Eric Anderson, yeah, who, who actually I've never heard of. I didn't. Know. Okay. Okay. But no, that's and so I ended up going to Minnesota uh-huh. right at the trading deadline, and and uh, broke my heart. Broke my yeah. heart. Yeah. Um, Hartford was my place. Sure. I, I I've often said, had I stayed another year in Hartford, I'd probably still be there today. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's how much I loved Hartford, and yeah. uh, but but that's the business of hockey. Yeah. And uh, so I I shuffle off to I shuffle off to Minnesota and uh, and hook hook onto a pretty good team. Yeah. And, well, uh, I was going to say like the, the 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 you were there the year you got traded from there they made the Cup final. Uh, just the year before, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had they had. Uh, Cicerelli and Bellows and Broughton. Yeah. Some no, good, they had good, good guys. team, really good team. On paper, it was a terrific team. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always translate well onto the ice. And that was our problem in Minnesota. Lots of talent, but, you know, it didn't translate into wins and, and, and what have you on the ice. It just yeah. never, it just, it never, never did. Yeah. And and yet, you know, we had Dennis Marook. We had a lot of fifty goals oh, yeah, show yeah. up there. Sure. Willie Plett. I mean, we had a lot of really. Uh, Bobby Smith. I didn't mention Bobby yeah. Smith. Yeah, another guy. Bobby Smith. We right. had a lot of great players. So again, on paper, it was probably the best team I ever played on. Yeah. Ever. But but it wasn't a team per se. It right. Just it just never it just never could meld itself together to to go deep. It, you know. Go, and, and by the way, in that in that in that era. Everybody still had to go through Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, really, right? right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it was if you weren't. I mean, if you weren't, even on your best days, it was tough to beat Edmonton. You know, it just. <laughs> I know. You I know, did, did this one of these with Doug Smale, and we talked about the Jets had some really good clubs, but it just yeah. Calgary did too, and so did Edmonton. Yeah. It just wasn't yeah. going to happen, right? Well, you, Edmonton was, you know, Grant Fuhrer's in the Hall of Fame because, you know. It wasn't. I would say this, and it's not disrespectful. Please, mm-hmm. he, it wasn't that he was fundamentally the greatest goalie that played, but he had a knack, you know, and his team supported it. Where he, they might, they might, he might give up four goals, but the team was getting five or six, right? You know, or, or he'd give up five, and the team would get six or seven. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They were they were unbelievable well, as a team. Right? You know, you watch those Canada Cups in '87, and each each game went six five. So he mm-hmm. he allowed six goals in one game and five in the other. But he made yeah. so many great saves, and yeah. you're just like, wow. But yet he you, still let in five. Yeah, <laughs> and tr- Steve, translate that to today's game. Yeah, yeah. Where so much of the focus mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I laugh at this. You know, they they talk about block shots today. Yeah. Everybody's blocking shots. Yep. I played in an era. The goalies would say, "Get the f out of the way! I want to see the puck." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't touch it. I don't even want you near it. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with that. These, I blocked one shot and broke in my career, and I broke my foot. I'm okay getting out of the way. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, no I, I, I'm a little, different. I'm a little depressed watching hockey these days. I'll be flat out honest. I just not not many goals. Not much is going on out there. The three on three is tremendous. I love it. I have center ice package. If I see on Twitter a game is going to three on three, I turn to that game. Um, I just uh, it's it's I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure, but well, you, you know, know, 
let me offer this. You can you can digest this with your other guests, but so 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 much of what goes on today is not about winning games; it's about not losing them. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, so yeah, co- coaches do everything they can not to lose the game, and whatever that means. If it means playing a game that is entirely defensive, but you get a point out of it, um, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, and everybody and, and stays close in the standings, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love to see them go to the, the uh, like uh, like uh, I love watching soccer, the Premiership in England. Mm-hmm. Go to a three and a two point stand. You know, sure. three points, yep. two points, one point. I'd love to see that. When they say, "Well, you know, it'll divide the, you know, there'll be no competition by Christmas." So what? <laughs> you identify who your better teams are. Yeah. And more importantly, if you, you know, in sixty minutes you win the game, you get three mm-hmm. points. If you tie, you're going to get one point, and then you play for the extra point. So now you got the chance of getting three for an outright mm-hmm. two, and then one if it's a tie. But I, I say. You know, we can argue the, you know, whether that makes sense. But I can remember, and you may not, but I can remember there was a time, and I believe the game was Montreal playing in Chicago or something, and they had to win by something like five goals or something. They were they, the friggin' third period. They were playing with an empty net <laughs> because they had to get so many goals. Not yeah. only win the game, but they had to get so many goals. And I'm thinking, how would that play out on a team that's pushing for the playoffs? Needs yeah. three points. One point really yeah. doesn't help them. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, for sure. <laughs> You know, talk, teams will be pulling their goalie with five minutes because they, they don't need one. They need two goals just to get a chance to win a game because they need three points. But yeah. um, what do I know? Yeah, hey, um, sad news, too. Your coach from Minnesota, Glenn Somner, just yeah. passed away the other day. Um, yeah. What, yeah. what was he like as a coach? You weren't there long, but you had him. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Glenn was old school. He, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Mentioned, I, I mentioned Bill Deneen. Right. You know, Glenn Somner was old school. It was, you know, um, you guys know what to do. You know, yeah, yeah, open yeah. the gate. <laughs> you know, get it done. Right. And, you know, some guys don't do well with that. You know, some guys need structure. I, I didn't need structure. I needed to know what what the responsibility was in our end of the ice. Right. And after that, you know what? Uh, let let the guys play. And Glenn was Glenn was good with that. I think most guys that played for Glenn would would tell you that they enjoyed it because he, you know, he was a taskmaster master in mm-hmm. a sense. But he didn't he didn't. It's not like you know he he was down on guys. He just you know yep. he let you play and right. yeah. I always I always enjoyed that you know. Um, let me, yeah. Let me go. Well, and then yeah. uh, at, at two, I imagine when you got to Minnesota, you said you could play all three forward positions. You probably yeah. understood the defensive game a little bit. And with these kids, you know, Broughton, Smith, Cicerelli, you were probably one of the more responsible forwards on the team. So maybe you, I don't know how much scoring chances you got, but it seemed, would seem to me looking at stats that these guys probably were on the power play more than you and, and all that. Sure they were. Yeah. But you got to talk to some of my friends. They look at my plus minus and they go, Jordy, you know, you look like a cold winter day in Winnipeg. I mean, you're <laughs> minus 40 in, in total. Uh-huh. And I always say, just, you know, my defense is this. Look, it, that's a mechanism to measure, you know, are you on for more than you're against, but mm-hmm. it doesn't measure who you're out against. No. no. And so I'll give you an example. We talked about Edmonton. When we play, Minnesota played Edmonton, uh, Timmy Young, George Ferguson, and I, our responsibility was a line headed by a guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, and the guy opposite me was a guy by the name of Yuri Curry. Right. Oh, you, you remember yeah. that guy? Right. Our job was to make sure they didn't score. That was our job. Well, we're, we're spending the whole game against these guys. Yeah. We're not asked to score. We're making sure. We lo- I can tell you a story. We lost the game 2-1. 2-1 uh-huh. in Edmonton. Yeah. We did everything imaginable. Right. The winning goal was my guy, Yuri Curry. Uh-huh. 
uh-huh. my fault because I tried to pinch on a puck I thought I could get off of uh, uh, the defenseman mm-hmm. for for Edmonton. He pokes it by me. Yep. They're up the and, ice. And he's gone. They score. Yeah. One good chance. Yeah, my yeah. fault. I, you know, I, right. I, I, I own up to it. But our team only scored one goal. And, and, and Lou Nanny was coaching at the time, mm-hmm. ripped me. And, and I remember a guy saying to me after, it's not your fault. <laughs> Christmas sakes, we could only get one. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But um, that, was, that was where the plus minus, I always say, who are you playing against? That, yeah. That's more of a measure. Right? Nowadays, it's a little more of a flawed statistic. I think people are looking at it a little differently than they did back in the day. Um, totally, totally. Even in my day, it was flawed because, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, again, it, it goes back to, you know, who, who you play with, yep. who you're yep. playing against. You know, are you shorthanded? Are you on a power play? Yeah, it can be screwed. But, you know, but hey, that's, that's a measurement they used. Playing against Gretzky, uh, talking to guys who played with him, um, they often make the same comment. He wasn't as dangerous as he made the guys around him to be. And, you know, Mario could go through you. Uh, Gwayne would be smarter and look for other guys and draw you away. Uh, did you find that the same way? Did you, did you find that, that that's true? Totally. Let me tell you a story. And, you know, I mean, I saw it on the ice. I couldn't believe it at the time. And, and it, I've heard it from other people. Do you know Wayne Gretzky used to look in the glass to see the reflection of, the, of, it, of where everybody was? <laughs> I've heard it. I didn't know if that's true, but I don't know if it's a myth. I, but I remember him looking at the boards one time and throwing a, what everybody assumed was a blind pass to Yuri Curry. Right. Then you realize, this son of a bitch is looking like it's a mirror. He's looking <laughs> yeah, off there. He's picking it up. Sure. Yeah. He, you know, so this, you're absolutely right. This, was all, this is kind of like a bait and switch. Is right. What he, would, he would be so good at. You know, I mean, think about behind the net. I mean, it took it took years before teams could figure out even <laughs> right. how to defend against that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, and you, what was defense like then? Gretzky's behind the net. Everybody's looking at Gretzky. Yeah. Nobody's yep. looking at you know the defensemen, wingers. <laughs> yeah, coming in right. Yeah, and they feather <laughs> a pass. So, you know, he 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 could still beat you one on one, but not like Mario and and guys like that, right? Yeah. Or, or you're watching Ovechkin or somebody like that, but yeah. but he'd find a way to beat you, you know, and the, but but. The other thing was, you know, when you paid attention to him, you know, it was, it was the old adage, like, don't forget when, when, when teams would take the practice of, okay, for example, Steve, you're going to now stay with Gretzky all game. Yeah. Wherever he goes, you go. Yep. Right? Yep, that was the move for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And what would Gretzky do? He'd go stand beside your teammates. <laughs> yeah. So now he's standing there, and there's two of you standing there doing what? Bo Diddley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, he's I mean, just like, cool, go ahead, Curry and Messier and Anderson, everybody. They got more room. Thank right. you very much, right? So, you know, he he made his teammates better because he was smarter, too, right? right? You know, uh, he he played a great game of hockey. Jordy Douglas on the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Uh, go to 2under, the number 2under.com. Save on some men's underwear. Ferraro 20 saves you a little per- percent. Thanks for doing this, Jordy. Um, My pleasure. Besides Gretzky and those guys, is there another guy, and I like asking a few uh, players this question, is there a guy that gave you a lot of trouble or a guy that you feel doesn't get a respect nowadays as to how good they, he was on the ice? Like, obviously, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, Curry, Gretzky, they're great, and we know that, and they're in the Hall of Fame and everything else. But is there another right. player that gave you trouble over the years that you were like, man, this guy is so good and, you know, and doesn't get a ton of press? Well, um, there was a lot of really good guys. Let's mm-hmm. be truthful. I mean, yeah. you, you know, in the history of the NHL, 100-year history of the NHL, 
there's only been 7,222 7, guys ever played in the NHL. That's the number in 100 years. And, and of that, only, only 3,710 have played 100 games or more. Yeah. Those are the right, when you really think about it, that's crazy, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So 3,700 guys played 100 games or more in 100 years of the NHL. So you've got to be pretty damn good to get there. I, I, I'm not going to back off on that. You've got to be good yeah. to get there. Yeah. Okay, now, you, you ask about individual. Every team had somebody. Right. Now, you know, I'll give you an example. Brian Sutter in St. Louis was a royal pain in the ass, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's, that's a Sutter trait, right? Right. You just, knew, you just knew you were, you know, you were in for a battle. But, you know, guys like Paul Holmgren in, in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I don't know if he gets as much respect as he, you know, or not yeah. respect, that's not fair. He got lots of respect, Yeah, yeah, much recognition. press, recognition, right. sure. He played a tough game of hockey. Like, again, you just knew every shift you were in a battle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and a lot of guys didn't want that battle. And that's, you know, he'd, he'd win those battles just because guys would stop showing up after a while, you know. <laughs> but every team... You know, every every team gave you something that was tough. You played against the Islanders. I mean, they came in waves, but you hated to play against, you know, uh, the defense pairing of, of Podvan and, and um, um, he won the uh, the, the uh, gold medals. Uh, oh, Ken Morrow. Yeah, Kenny Morrow. Right, right. They just they set you up. Kenny Morrow used to. It was hilarious, and I got I was a victim of it. Kenny would give you room to the inside, so uh-huh. he would turn a little early. Yeah. You got the puck, you turn inside thinking, damn, I got the guy. Yeah, yeah. Who's coming across with his ass sticking at him? <laughs> you know, Pop Pop yeah, yeah. light you up like a Christmas tree. Right, right. So, you know, again, the game happens really quick. Mm-hmm. I always say to kids, when I coach kids over the years, I always say, don't worry so much about the guy you're lined up against. Take a look at the defense you're up against, mm-hmm. you know, because those are the guys that you have to take advantage of if you get a chance. And you better hope one of those two guys is one you can take advantage of. But when you get two guys, yeah, good luck with that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, but it was a pleasure to right. watch guys. Yeah. You know that you know they, they they just played hard all the time, right? Who was who, who was the fastest guy you played against? Who was somebody that was? I mean, Lafleur. I mean, who was somebody that Smale was fast too? Duck Smale was super yeah, fast. Yeah, Dougie. I, I didn't see him as much as Dougie yeah. because I was on the east, east yeah. coast. I'll tell you about. You know, let me tell you a story about um, that fellow by the name of Guy Lafleur. Yeah. I mean. Montreal and Hartford had a pretty good rivalry, sure. you know, in our day, and we played them in the very first round of the playoffs. Our first year in the NHL, I didn't play; I separated my shoulder, like two games before. But nevertheless, my my role with Hartford, Patty Boutet, and mm-hmm. I, our job was to we played left side. Whenever Guy Lafleur was on the ice, we were to be on the ice. Make right. sure one of us were out there. We'd be a little, I guess, mm-hmm. likely a little bit more responsible. Not lying when I tell you this, and everybody knows he chain smoked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a smoker. Yep. And I didn't smoke. Patty didn't smoke. I always thought myself to be in pretty good shape. I could never last one <laughs> shift with him. Just, We'd shake our heads like, "Are you friggin' kidding right, me? Right, right. Like, I'm going to start smoking if this he's is going to make me skate faster." Lighting like, up darts in between in between shifts, yeah. right? Right. You know, and, and but that was you know that was another thing that went on. Everybody, not everybody, lots of guys smoked. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard. When you heard, yeah, when you heard about. You know, a guy like Guy Lafleur, and, and and honestly, Steve, we couldn't keep up with him. Like effortless, yeah, absolutely yeah. Just, effortless. And with a cannon, just a, a goal uh, that would never be scored nowadays. He scored hundreds and hundreds of them coming down the wing. <laughs> oh, just just a pleasure to watch. Drove you nuts, right? You know, 
And all you tried to do with these guys, it wasn't like you could stop them. You just wanted to... Contain them. Yeah, <laughs> minimize their damage, right? So, oh, yeah. 83-84, oh, um, yeah. you finally get to go home. Trade it to the Jets. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a little bit... That was a little bit... Uh, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but okay. it was a little... It, it, as I look back on it, I remember in life, right? We, if only... Man, I remember that phrase. If you only sure. knew then what you know now. Right, right. The problem I had getting traded to Winnipeg wasn't anything to do with Winnipeg. It was what, I, what went on with me. It was my second year in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, I wasn't even in the lineup. I wasn't hurt. Right. I was in insurance policy. I mean, I remember one game, I, I, they basically dragged me all over the place and never played me. Right. And uh, the odd time they put me in, so I'd, I'd be put in one game. Mm-hmm. I remember one game against New Jersey. Oh, you're going to play today, Jordy. Oh, great, I get to play today. <laughs> I, score the winning, I score the winning goal and I'm back in the press box. Done, yeah. Right? Another game, another game we go to St. Louis, and uh, I, I take the pregame skate in the morning, and I work hard because well, I'm not in the lineup. I get on the bus, uh, and, and Gump Worsley was with us. Uh, mm-hmm. Gumper was our, uh, you know, scouting with us, and he nudges up to me and goes, Jordy, you're playing tonight, center ice. I go, you know, F off. Come on. <laughs> I haven't played no, you know, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play that game. I play uh, my, my wingers, Willie Plett. Willie gets four goals. I get four assists. Nice. Wait a Willie Plett could score goals? I thought he could just beat people up. Oh, nice. Willie was a there's, a... there's another guy who could do a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was a scary guy I've heard back in the day. Absolutely. <laughs> loved, loved to be a teammate of Willie. Hated right. playing against him. Right, loved right. being a teammate. So four assists, gets, yeah. So I get four assists. Do you think I see the light of day again? Nope. Back in the box. And, and all year like this. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm getting frustrated. I used to, you know... They, I'd go up for the pregame skate. Mm-hmm. I don't care who we're playing. Yeah. I do the pregame skate, and they say, "Okay, you're not in today, Jory." So I, the guys are going to go out to play. I take my stuff off, and I'm supposed to go ride the bike. Yep. I got to the point. You know, this is terrible. I would lay on the floor because they would they would chart my miles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I would ride the bike with my arm so I could watch <laughs> the game on TV. You know, and then I'd switch the other arm because yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd ridden so much, it was like I'm not. I could qualify for the Tour de France. Right, like, right. That's, that's an old story. I've heard that from other guys too, where they're just like, man, enough. You know, I know. Like it's true. So then, I get traded. Finally, I get traded. And sure. It, Tim Trimper and I did not have the best right. of relationships. You know, and finally I get traded. And literally, Steve, I could have cared where. I couldn't care less. I just wanted to have. A yeah, game. just give me right. an opportunity. Right. So they trade me to Winnipeg. Well, I just described my season. I'm not in any shape. I'm not in game shape. I'm not heavy, but I haven't played. Right. So I get up here, and it's 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 a battle. It's a battle. It's not like it's not like Tom Watts a coach. No, yeah. actually, oh. by then Tom had been let go. Okay. Uh, Barry Long was our. Coach. Oh, Barry Long came in. Yeah, which they had yeah. success under Barry when he yeah. got out. Yeah. Right. So Barry gets to be. He's a coach, and they plug me in. I score my first game here. I mean. It's a golden opportunity, right? This mm-hmm. is my hometown. I'm thinking, holy macaroni! I used to sneak in this building. Now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I love it. I'm not there a long time. It's kind of late in the season, a little bit of the playoffs, and now my contract expires too. And so this is the end of my contract, and mm-hmm. the Jets have me. And if you knew anything about John Ferguson, um, <laughs> you know there was only really two things, John like to talk about it was horses and hockey yep. and i didn't know anything about horses <laughs> and and so my lawyer then was don Baisley. my oh yeah right yeah okay local guy right loved don Baisley since passed away just such an honest yeah man. also represented timu and paul korea oh, yeah. and yeah right oh yeah he started with wolf anders all the guys lars eric mm. Solberg. that was the where he started very very trustworthy man 
And he says to me, he says, you know, Jory, the season's over. He says, they want to talk to you about a contract. I said, well, what do you think you should do here, Don? What do you should ask for? He said, I'm not going to do it. He says, you go do it. I go, what, the, what, what, what do you mean I'm going to do, go do it, you know? He said, no, 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 you know enough about it. You know the lay of the land. You know what you go, You go work it out. You, you figure it out. And then if you figure it out, I'll come in and clean it up for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember, true story, I remember I phoned John on like a Thursday, thinking I'll see him. He says, Jordy, come in Monday morning. Yep. So all weekend I don't sleep. You know, I'm working through my head how this has got to sound, you know, everything. And I go in there, and I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm also preparing myself to carry the conversation. Yeah. Because it's either horses or hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I walk in the room. John won't shut up. He's talking away. Away he goes. I did such a good job negotiating, Steve. I talked him out of the three-year deal he was offering me to a one-year deal. How do you like that? <laughs> do you think I could be what a lawyer? Ha- what happened? <laughs> oh, you know what? It was... Here's here's what happened. I had I was a player mm-hmm. that was blessed with what was known as a one-way contract. Right. And I was coming off a one-way contract. And John's offering me 3 years on a two-way contract. Mm-hmm. And I go, "John, why would I give up what I ha- what I yeah. think I've earned?" Yeah. Right? Yeah, one-way you're a veteran contract. at this point. You've been around. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Jordy, we got to make it fit and everything like that. Anyway, long story short, the contract I eventually negotiated with him was one year based on the fact of if I, you know, how many games I would play with the team, mm-hmm. then it would be extended and I would get my one way and so on and so right, forth. Right, right. Well, unbeknownst to me, uh, that turned out to be the best year the Jets had statistically. Yeah. And, and, and I was one of the only guys on a, on a two-way, so they sent me to Sherbrooke. Sure, yeah. Which and the Jets shared a farm team with Montreal back then. With Montreal. Yeah, Sherbrooke. So right. I end up having, I thought, a pretty good camp, but... In those days, so many decisions were predicated on... On contracts, yeah. Well, they contract. still are. Still are, really. Pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. Except guys signed today, it's salary cap issues. They don't get, you know, yeah. there's a flaw in the system when they get when they clear waivers and get sent down. It yeah. comes off the books. Yeah. But, but you're right. It, yeah. it, it, and mine was A number one. So I talked him out of three years <laughs> to, to, to a one year. Right. What a brain surgeon I was. And, and I go to Sherbrooke. Well, you had 23 goals in 53 games. Not bad. Not too shabby. Not bad. Thinking, I, you know, considering yeah. I was tripping over my lip, I was potent. Right, so long, right, right. You know, and but but I made the best of it. At you know, I got better at it. Uh, mm-hmm. Enjoyed. I, I enjoyed Sherbrooke. I just didn't want to be in Sherbrooke, right? And, of course and, not. Uh, yeah. Well, you were also playing with some dudes that you know won the cup the very next year at Montreal. Yeah, Brian, Brian yeah. Scrudlin and Mike McPhee. They, yeah, yeah, they parachuted in uh, a goalie by the name of Patrick Waugh yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, but but I had another bad injury. I I cracked a vertebrae in my back oh. in February. A cross check so, or what? No, I was cutting to the net in Adirondack, uh-huh. leaning in on a guy, and he tugged my arm. Oh. And spun me around, and I went. In those days, the goalposts were six inches into the ground. Yeah, and I wrapped my back around the back, around the post, and the next thing oh. I remember is waking up behind the net. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the end of my season. I could never recover from that. I ended up coming home, and they actually treated me every day with with traction to alleviate the pressure on yeah. my back. And so. I never even went back for the playoffs because I couldn't skate. And so the so the sorry, go ahead. No, I couldn't skate. Yeah. So even though I was on the playoff roster, you'll see I never had a, I never played a game in the playoffs. We 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 won the Calder Cup, and I I went back for the celebration in the mm-hmm. last round. They invited me back. Yeah, yeah. I was one of the captains down there when I got hurt, 
but I, I, I couldn't play. I, my back was that bad. I was having so much trouble with it, my legs, my hips. Jeez. Um. So now, now my career, technically, I don't have a contract, and I don't have a team, right? Because that was my one year. Yeah, game. that was it. Um, your seven games you got in that year were they just random here and there, or were yep. you were yep. you up for seven in a row? Or no, they were random. Yeah. I mean, they you know I, John brought me home for Christmas. You know, he brought me up for a couple games around Christmas, so I really was appreciative of that because yeah. this was my hometown. My mom yeah. and dad was here and friends and Howard, Chuck, but, McLean, Mullen. These are Babbage. These are good, good great, team. Great team. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you look statistically. They didn't make any changes that year. Nobody got hurt, and that they had the they had a run and gun offense. So I yeah. never even had a chance to get in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you were probably looking at the like anybody in the minors. You're looking at the the standings and the schedule, yeah. saying, okay, who can I? You know, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but at the same time, you, you want to get a chance, right? You want to get a I shot. Want to get back home. Yeah. I want to I want to have a full year, and it it wasn't happening, right? Yeah, yeah. So when when that ends up happening, I spend the whole basically the whole spring into the summer. Mm-hmm. With um, getting my back better. Yeah, with a back injury that scares probably everybody away. <laughs> well, no, nobody's going to sign me. Yeah. Don Baisley says, Jordy, you know what? No, no, nobody's nobody knows what your back's like. You're not going to get a contract. Yeah, yeah. Until you until you can prove your back's okay. And then he comes to me in uh, early July, and he says, "How, how does this sound?" He says, um, and, "And this is when players were coming from Europe right. into the NHL." And if you know the European system, it's basically club system. So you, you, you start with a, the, as a kid with the club, and you, they nurture you all the way through junior, and then you, make, you, you, you end up making the big team. Mm-hmm. And that's where I ended up going in Tampa or Finland to Ilves. And I went on a tryout because they didn't know what my back was like. Yeah. And Don said, Jordy, you'll go over there. They'll, they'll, they'll fly you over. You'll train with them. Uh, end of July. And their season starts early in September. Mm-hmm. They're willing to take you for a month. You know, they'll take you for a month. And, and at the end of that month, they'll decide. You can decide how your back is. They'll decide whether yeah. you want to stay or if there's something here right. in North America. Yeah. Right? And I go there. Steve, I'm on the ice. I'm on the ice twice. And they offer me a two-year contract. <laughs> like, my, oh, sweet. My, His back's my, good. Right. My back's fine. Right. My back. My back's. I now I'm not in great shape because you got to remember, I, it was like end of February, something like that, when I hurt yeah. my back. Even when I went to Finland in end of July, I hadn't been on the ice yet. Right. None. Because it was literally about recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, interesting story. My first practice with them was, uh, I think it's twenty. I think it's 17 stories straight into the ground. They they converted an old bomb shelter into two hockey rinks in the ground. Jeez. Oh, so my first practice, they drive me around the corner to take me to this rink, and and it's uh, the rink's as big as like a single garage. And I'm going, what are you? It's a trick. But there's an elevator in there that takes you down, and it's a yeah. bomb shelter that's two hockey rinks in the ground. Oh, jeez. Wow. That was our practice rink. I just went to the Tempera for a Supercross race, like, last year. So I spent, like, yeah. four, four or five days in the city. Real cool city. Uh, Kippersoft played there. So did, uh, yeah. so did uh, Toskala and everything else. It's a very hockey, very hockey city in Finland. They, they love it. Well, uh, there's two teams in Tempera. And yeah. The one I played for, Ilves. Ilves. I mean, I played with uh, Jurke Lume. He yeah, I saw that. And also Chris Contos. Well, Chris Contos was, uh, they were allowed two imports that year. Mm-hmm. And so Chris and I were the two imports that first year. And then Chris came back after the first year. And I said, I, they offered me a two-year deal. I only signed one year. Okay. 
because I, I well, I didn't know. You still want to go back, right, to NHL? Well, no, you know what? I got to be honest with you. That wasn't paramount. I, I, you, towards the end, I was, I, I kind of had a sour mouth about business. Sure, and, yeah. You know, and yeah. there isn't a player out there doesn't want to be wanted. That's really what it's about. You want to belong to right, them. right. And so I said to Don Baisley, I said, listen, I'll, tell him I'll take a year, and and those are good deals. You know, tax free money. Yep. They gave you a apartment. Yeah, they give you a car, car and apartment, right? They still do laundry, that. Laundry, yeah. food, all the, It was a, a sweetheart deal. I got two weeks, uh, sorry, yeah, two weeks off at Christmas, it, it, which included one week in the Canary Islands. They, you know, I flew to the Canary Islands for a holiday. Uh, we did we did time in Europe, in, sorry, in Russia. We trained in Kiev. I mean, it was, it, yeah, it yeah. Was, I look back, it was wonderful. And then at the end of the, or that year, I ended up scoring a goal a game. I scored 36 goals in 36 games, which is still a team record. Over there, yeah, wow. And and I played with a guy by the name of Risto Yalo, and uh, he was brilliant. He, he and I, he was center. I played the right wing. It just was a magical season. Everything that could go could go. And my, my my mom and dad come visit one game. Mm-hmm. I scored six goals. <laughs> one nice, game, right? nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wonderful. And right. so Bays, and I'm talking to Bays. He's coming over in the winter to talk to his clients at mm-hmm. North Yurke Lume. These guys. And he's telling me, he says, you know, there's some interest. Are you, you know, would you want to go back? There's some teams that have, you know. Yeah, seen what you're doing, right, yeah. Yeah, they, you know, your back's good and stuff. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, Don, I have no friggin' interest. He goes, really? I said, no. I, I said, you know what, I, I think at the time I'm 28, something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And I go, Don, you know what, I, I have no interest. This, is, this has been unbelievably fun. It's been relaxing. It's you know, it's basically right. three games a week, three practices, and a day off. You know, it's it. This is fitting my lifestyle. Thank you. And my back is good and all that. So when the season ended, instead of going back to meet, hook up a team in the playoffs or wherever, mm-hmm. I took uh, basically two months and traveled Europe with a backpack. Oh wow! Yeah, how cool is that? It was great. I just took money that I had, you know, snookered away, and away I went and traveled. And when it was over. My, my my money ran out. I flew back to Winnipeg, and then I had to find another job. <laughs> and by then, Ilves had offered me another year. Another year, yeah. And I Did, told Don, I said, Don, let's go back. I have no problem. These are great people. Good yeah. fun. Know the environment. It's a tough language. It's a tough language to get. That you know what that. Thank God they mostly all speak English. Yeah, because yeah, I found I'm that too. But I've been around oh. a lot of Finns, and I'm just like, I do not, I cannot no. understand what they're saying. <laughs> the, fir- the first three words I learned, uh, I was able to survive my whole career in Finland, and that was Coxiezotwapia. Okay. That's three big beer. Oh, Wait, yeah. Two big beer. Two, I could order two big beer. <laughs> Which, again, works well in Finland, knowing the Finns I know. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Right. So that, that was the, the words I learned, are coxiezotwapia. So, and, like, ahead, sorry. Uh, no, I was going to say, so, like, five years later, you see this Kantos guy just destroying the playoffs for the Kings. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey. Well, they, called him, they called him Cy Young, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, no. Chris could score goals, and he was playing with Gretzky for the most part yeah. right, in the playoffs. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, One uh, assist worked, or something. Right. Yeah, it worked really well for him. But he was a young guy when he went over there. You know? Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, I wonder, did he just never get drafted? Did, he, did something no, happen? No, drafted him. Okay. The Rangers had drafted him. So just... Just you know, I'm not going to say Chris was a late bloomer, right? But but I don't think Chris really found his game till later on. Yeah, no, it's you know, definitely a unique career on his end. 
for sure. Well, absolutely. And, you know, coming to Finland really, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think hurt him at all. Right. You know, gave him an element of, you know, uh, you know that because uh, a big ice surface makes you skate. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if yeah. you can't skate, you can't play. Yeah. And so I, I, I can see guys, you know, that do well in the NHL that had experience in Finland or Europe because of the size of the rink. You have to learn to move, right? Yeah. And I think that helped Chris a lot. I do. Um, when you when you were finished playing, how long until you moved into the media end of things, and how'd that come about? How'd that work? Well, when I well, my last year in Finland went really poorly. Okay, and 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 it was the impetus for me quitting. My, I I love the game. I love the game to this day, yep. and I love the history of the game. But my last year in Finland, um, my dad died suddenly of a heart attack, mm-hmm. and I was in Finland, and my dad and mom were, were retired in Nanaimo, British Columbia. Oh yeah. And for whatever reason, I thought, had I been home, this wouldn't have happened. You know, I, I didn't have the tools to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that was really, the that really took the air out of my balloon, because I started to think about life. I started to, th- you know, I started you're missing. About, you're missing things and yeah, happening at home. So all, right? of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, the wheels came off my wagon, and I lost the passion for the game. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just, I lost it. And, and. In you know, in hindsight, I got I got invited. So that year did not finish well. I barely, I had very little interest, and in, and the team kept me on because they were paying me. But I was really a basket case emotionally, and yep. and 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 that I just said, okay, that's enough. There's more to life than this. Yeah. There has to be more. And and again, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have done it. But but I didn't have the tools, Steve, back then that I do. I believe I have today. Yeah. 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 Right, and and I did get calls for about two years after to go play some more, but I just didn't have the passion anymore, and so I came home. and 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 in life, like anything, it's not often what you know; it's who you know. Mm-hmm. And Ted Irvin, uh, old ex NHL player, who's even to this day my business partner, invited me into the business of you know financial advising, handling money for clients. He handled mm-hmm. mine when I played. And by the way, that's why I'm still working. He handled my money. <laughs> jab, jab, right? Yeah, yeah. Jab, jab. But, but um, so I got into the financial services business. And uh-huh. we're independents uh, through Manulife Securities here in Winnipeg. We've been at it since 1988. He was at it before that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so you didn't really, you didn't really have to struggle with trying to find a, a, a footing after you gave it up. Like, luckily, you dove into that. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I'll, I will say this about athletes. And you can probably relate to this as a as an ex rider. When you when an athlete puts his mind to something, come hell or high water, they're going to go the distance with it. Yeah, they, they don't quit easily. And and I I would take an athlete in our business any day long, not because they're exceptionally brilliant or any of that, but they do know how to battle. Mm-hmm. They do know how to go the distance. And and that's really what happened with, with me because it's a tough business to get in. But I was hell bent and determined. Mm-hmm. To see how far it could go, and you know, here we are, thirty year, odd years yeah, later, still doing it. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was a godsend, and the and the and the Jets thing came about kind of by happen chance. And what did it, what ended up happening is um, I was doing game of the weeks on a local television show here, mm-hmm. and uh, I did the color, which was really tough because we did it on TV. So I didn't go to the game. Yeah, yes, yeah. we're playing. Right. In, you know, say in Pittsburgh or something, and we're doing the game in the basement of the station on off of a television. Jeez, right? yeah, that's tough. That's yeah. tough. I didn't yeah. know, but I figured, uh, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, long story short, I do that about a year, and 
CJOB. Who I, and I, you know, I know these guys. You know, Bob Irving and the, you know, Kurt Kielbach. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew these guys. They phone and they say, "What do you think? Would you be interested in this?" We're not sure. We want to do three. They called it the three-headed monster because it was Don Whitman who did color with Kurt Kielbach. Mm-hmm. But, but Don was picking up more games with CBC all the time. Yep. Kurt, so, Kurt was kind of in the lurch. Right. They need a guy. Yeah. They need a guy, and they called it the three-headed monster. And I thought, well, I, I, hey, this would be great fun to try. Yeah. What do I know? And then, long story short, I, they said, hey, would you, when Don's not here, like home games, you guys are all there, always yeah. there, but on the road. And, and so I ended up doing five years of, uh, of that. Well, I still had this career. I yeah. wasn't giving was, this up. Yeah, it was nice to drop in and, and have a little side gig and keep, keep your adrenaline going for the game. Yeah. right? This was my hobby. And so I did it for five years with the Jets, and I, I kept doing it five years with the Moose. And so it, it, I got to see that side of the equation. You were able to uh, – was Fergie still around when you started or no? No. Fergie, okay, it was no, Mike Smith. No, by then, no, it was um, – by then it was John Paddock. Oh, Paddock, yeah. My, yeah, my first interview – I'll tell you a quick story. Um, so when I went on the road, I, I, the color guy, so it would have been Don Whitman, but one game we're in Edmonton. This was my first game on the road. Uh-huh. And uh, Kurt says, well, you got to go down and talk to the coach. Uh-huh. John, you know, you got John Paddock after right. the game. So I'm thinking, okay, and he gives me the tape recorder. I go down. I've got no training, right? None. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, but here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm going to get exclusivity with them, and I'm going to say, John, just help me out here, you know? I've not done this before, <laughs> you know, help me out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's not what happens if you've been in a room. I mean, they, they open the room. Everybody with a microphone runs to the coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there I am with the da 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 So what I learned was other guys ask questions. Just make sure the question's heard, yeah. and you get the response. You, yeah, right. But I'll never forget that. I thought, well, <laughs> why, why, why wouldn't somebody tell me this? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it was good fun, and and we traveled. I did, you know, West Coast swing with the guys, and but 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 you got to remember now, even though I was a player, in their minds, I I was yeah, a no, media guy. it's the same, it's the same thing, you know. And I think every sport, they they yeah. just forget, you know, they don't yeah. realize, or these guys, these young kids, they don't realize, you know, things you did or people you played with or whatever. That's right. Um, uh, Mike Smith always seemed to be a very eclectic guy. Uh, what was he like to deal with as, as a media guy? Well, I think eclectic is a pretty um, soft word. For okay. Mike, you know, I, Mike was. Um, he okay. He, he was, you know, Mike was just a different guy. Period. He was. He seemed like it. Anyways, you I was know? just a fan, you know, but yeah. I just was like, I was like, what is with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I never got to know him at right. all. You know, and, and that's okay. It's not like I, uh, you know, I, I always say, that, look, i got enough friends in my life. If, you know, if I, if I make friends with you, great. If I don't, you know, no hard feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, guys were just, I don't know if, the, if the, you know, some, and this can be said today for some people. And, you know, do they hold themselves out to be different or are they that protective of who they are? And, and I, think, I think in this day and age now more than ever, they're really people are really really protective mm-hmm. you know you know it's no different steve you, you know oh he's got a lower body injury yeah, he's got yeah, an upper, yeah. what uh, the hell is that <laughs> you know did he hurt his ankle his knee what, what's no they don't talk about any of that so everything is so insulated now and, and i think i think it's indicative of 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 individuals being like that There's, how many personalities are there around today yeah, yeah, not yeah, not as many. No way. You look look yeah. at Glenn Thomore, you know, old, what a personality right. he was. 
you know, and you can go on and on. These guys, you know, there was personality. I don't know if that exists anymore. And I guess away from the rink, they really, really are. Yeah, but, yeah, but, no, they got their guard up, exactly. Yep. Um, yeah. When you were a media guy, obviously, you know, you were the color. Uh, yeah. Kurt was calling the play, so it's your job to be critical of players, management, whatever. I don't remember any times listening to you, and I know I had to over the years, but yeah. um, I struggle with it in my job a little bit where I have to criticize some riders and some teams for different yeah. things, and, and i got to face them. Did you have any... Um, players that you got into it with or, or opinions that you had no. that people didn't like? No, n- not off the top of my head. That yep. Not really. And let me, let me qualify it. I always took the approach, and again, I had no training. Steve, they just yeah. said, hey, do the yeah, 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 yeah. My attitude was, I'm watching the game as if I'm sitting at home with a couple of buddies having a beer, and I'm going to tell you what I see. So my attitude was always, I didn't prepare for games like other guys with stats. I always think stats, that's, 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 you know, that's kind of window dressing. Uh-huh. Talk about statistics. You could, every guy, everybody does that, right? Yep. And, and somebody comes up with some unique stat, whoop-de-doo. I want to talk about what just happened. Why did that goal happen? And most fans will, will recognize the goal occurred because so-and-so missed the guy in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that may not be the exact reason. Did you not see the guy... You know, the winger up on the boards who didn't get the puck out, it was knocked down. So I took the approach that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at a bigger picture item. I'm going to look at the game from, from, uh, from the bigger, bigger, yeah. bigger side of it, right? And, and sometimes it's not that big. Sometimes it's that instant. But yeah, yeah, but not always. Yeah. Not always. And it's like, you know, be honest. You know, nobody, I didn't sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. But I, I I didn't need to yell and scream at guys either for yeah, you know yeah. they made a mistake yeah, right yeah no absolutely so no it was I I don't you know I don't remember I, I mean I'm, the only thing I do remember one time was uh, one of the one, somebody on the on 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 the radio was uh, like during the broadcast was saying something derogatorily about somebody on the Jets and I vaguely remember it mm-hmm. but Craig Heisinger was at that time still the trainer yeah so the how crazy is that that the that the trainer ends up as a GM and then now he's assistant yeah. GM of the Jets? Crazy. Well, ask, you can thank Randy Carlisle for all that. Oh right? yeah, That's, that yeah. was and that worked out really well. Zinger's quite a you know he's quite an organized uh, organized yeah. guy, right? Yeah. So, but but anyway, Zinger was in the room. He was an equipment guy, and they mm-hmm. you know and they had the they had the radio on in the room. I didn't know that. I, right. I forgot all about it, so they could hear the broadcasts. When the game was over, he he called up and left a message to Jordy, come down and see me after the game. And I'm thinking, oh, fart! What did I say? Like, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, what did yeah. I say? Yeah, right? yeah. No, I went down and he was thanking me for defending the player, uh, and I, and I don't remember exactly yeah, what it was or who. Yeah, but he's saying thank you. You know, thanks for defending the guy. And I'm I'm thinking, well, geez, Zinger, I was a player. I kind of get it. <sighs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, guys, you know, you forget who listens sometimes. Yeah. So I always just took the approach, hey, let's talk about a game. At the, we're sitting having a beer. Let's talk about it. Right, right. Yeah. Hey, one of the things, before I let you go, I just was looking at your Finnish roster. You played with yeah. Jarno Kekalainen, who is Jarno now the general manager. Yeah, he's yeah. a general manager of Columbus now. If you need Can a scouting job, that? call him up. <laughs> if you need a scouting gig, Jordy, call him up. So. Yeah, no kidding. 
well, and and Vili Sarin is is I think is his head scout. And Vili Vili, I didn't play with Vili. I know yeah. him. He yeah. played on that roster before I got there. He but came over to the NHL. He, but he, uh, Kekalainen was nineteen, and so you were twenty seven in Finland. Yeah. So you were yeah, yeah you were one of the old guys or whatever back then. I, I was a veteran. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you know the other thing, a lot of those younger guys don't forget in Finland and Sweden, but Finland in particular, they they owe the army a year service. That's true. Yeah. Right. So we had guys on our team. They would like our practice was like five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. They would spend the day with the military. Yeah. That was part of their yearly. Yeah. Everybody goes in the military for a year there, and they'd show up in their military uniforms <laughs> after a day in the field. <laughs> I had it pretty sweet. I was yeah. showing up after I slept till noon or something. Right. You know? Yeah. You were like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jordy, thank you for taking the uh, the trip down memory lane on the uh, Paul Pocky podcast. Uh, interesting Thanks. career. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Steve. Very Thank, much. Thanks for taking the time with us on a on a Tuesday in the middle of the day. Appreciate it. Kept you kept you away from work, but man, we uh, appreciate it. So hey, I got the rest of my life to work. <laughs> yes, this is this exactly. is great fun. Thanks, Steve. Thanks very much for even remembering. You know, uh, like I said earlier, most of us we just want to belong to something. And if somebody rem- remembers and wants to hear a story, uh, our whole generation of players that's what we have. Yeah, we have tons no. of stories. Uh, hey, look, Keon Gordy Howe, Finland. Can't nice career, no doubt for sure. Thank you. Very much. Uh, I, I look back now fondly. I didn't mm-hmm. at the time because you're busy in it. But yeah, I look sure. back now and go, yeah, I was, was very, very, very fortunate. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Jordy. Steve, thanks very much. All right.